Today I'm going to be talking about wisdom. What's one of the wisest things that somebody's ever told you in life? What's something that you've held on to throughout your life, some, some deep wisdom? So I got a couple of uh, kind of a lighter side of wisdom here. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Did you know that? Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Okay. Uncle came over for Christmas, and he told me these, these wisdoms. Forget the future, because you cannot predict it. And forget the past, because you cannot change it. And forget the present, because I didn't get you one. So if you're a fun uncle in the room, feel free to use that. What's one of the wisest things that you've ever heard in life? My dad is full of wisdom. He's full of uh, little two-liners, you know, do good, work hard, some good wisdom in that. I don't know that, um, you know, this, these are things that we could, we could definitely uh, implement and, you know, work hard, do good at school. Okay, Dad, I'm going to do that. Uh, don't be too tough to run away. Didn't really learn that one. You know, he would tell me, like, if somebody's going to, you're going to get in a fight and stuff, like, feel free to, like, back out of it. It's good wisdom. Wherever you go, there you are. That's really great insight. I can recall being in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, after I took a Greyhound bus to Eugene, Oregon, and went all the way down the West Coast trying to find myself. And... Uh, I ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, completely broke, had no money, had to get a bus transfer from my parents when you, have to, you used to have to dial collect. Does anybody remember calling someone collect? You had to hit zero and like, well, I hope they answer. And there I was, like I had the same life going on in the Quad Cities, but here I am in Albuquerque living the same exact life that I was living here. I thought I could run away from myself. Wherever you go, there you are. So if you have struggles in life and then you try to move to a different town and start all over, a lot of times there you go unless you change some things. Wherever you go, there you are. And the last one that my dad would say very often is, you are who your friends are, Neil. You are who your friends are. And so I would surround myself with some, some characters and uh, a lot of times I would become who they were. You know, I'd walk through the same exact struggles. We walked through it together. I can remember getting back to the Quad Cities after living in California for a while and, and coming back, and I was trying to get away from all the drama in my life, and I came back, and all of my friends were blowing up my, my phone and trying to get me to go do the same exact stuff that I ran away from. And so, like, you had to, like, actually take scissors out and just, like, cut all those ties. Like, I got to start over. Sorry. Like, you know, I had to do that, which is hard to do. But you are who your friends are. You know, who you surround yourself with, you will become just like them. You are who your friends are. These are some wisdoms that my dad gave me. If we listen, wisdom can, can actually save us so much hurt and pain to ourselves and to others. Wisdoms. Would you like some wisdom today? Would you like some wisdom? Maybe you came in the door with some different questions going on in life. And you're like, man, I really need God's wisdom on this. What am I supposed to do 
with the situation. God, you gave me this kid. I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, you put me in charge of these employees, and I don't know how to lead them. Would you like some wisdom today? Because the Lord wants to answer that. He's a God that pours out wisdom on his people. He loves it when we ask him that. So if you had one question for God today and he was going to answer you, what would that question be? What would you ask of the Lord? What would you ask of God today? If, you, if he was said, hey, ask for anything and I will pour it out. I will give it to you. Well, today we're going to look at what Solomon asked for when God actually came to him and said, ask for anything, Solomon. What do you want? What do you need? Solomon is King David's son. King David ruled the nation for 40 years, and Solomon picks up right after his dad. And God put it on King David's heart that he wanted him to build a temple for the Lord. But he wasn't going to use David. He was actually going to use his son. And so Solomon has this huge task in front of him of building a temple for the Lord. It's going to be seven years of his life that he's going to devote to building a temple for God. And so we're going to look at what Solomon, when he steps in as a king to rule, what did he ask for from God? First Kings 3.1, it says, Solomon made an alliance with the Pharaoh king of Egypt and married his daughter. So I just want to stop there because I want to point something out that Solomon had 400 wives. If you thought your marriage was tough, Solomon, if you thought relationships were hard, he had 400 wives. I don't know if that was wise. And he brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. And if you think about that, doesn't that just sound like, you know, just getting married? Like, honey, we're going to come to this, you know, I'm bringing you to the city of David. Like, we're staying in a tent, but you know what? At some point in time, we're going to have a palace, and you're going to live there with me with 399 women. Just sounds like, you know, our first house. Like, yeah, we're going to, it's going to be, this is where we start. The people, however were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not been built in the name of the Lord because Solomon is called to build the temple. So Solomon showed his love to the Lord by walking accordance in the instructions given to his father, David, except, except. So he followed his dad's instructions of how to be close to God and be God's people, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. In other words, Solomon was following the instructions of David, except for when you'd go to worship other pagan gods, you would go to a different place. You would leave the city and you'd go to high places and you'd burn incense or you'd make sacrifices. And so the other pagan gods were being worshipped in different places besides the city. And so Solomon saw, okay, well that's, that's what I'm going to start doing. And so he actually takes the sacrifice to the Lord and would worship God in high places where the other pagan gods were being worshipped. So instead of the big G God, God became a low G God because he's being worshipped 
And these, uh, that's how Solomon looked at him. Except, you know, David gave him this outline of here's how you worship God. I'm going to do everything you said, except I'm going to do something a little different. Not real good. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices. So Solomon went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. So this is more of a celebration. You just became king. You just got married. It's a celebration offering. Thank you, Jesus. I got married, and I'm the king. And so he offers a thousand sacrifices on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Ask for every, anything you want for me to give you. So after this huge celebration slash barbecue, Solomon passes out. You know what Thanksgiving's like at 2 o'clock, right? Everybody's laying on your couch, passed out. You don't want to move. This is Solomon. And the Lord comes to him in the middle of that and actually speaks to him in a dream. And says, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. So many times we write off dreams. But the truth of the matter is, is God might, if you're a really busy person, the Lord might be speaking to you really loud and clear in a dream. You're just like, oh, thank God, that's a dream. But this is actually something that, you know, God doesn't go to sleep. He's not sleeping on us. Oh, okay, it's uh, 1030 and when God turns 40, it's 8.30. Well, I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, the Lord loves to speak to his people. He loves to speak to us. And he speaks to us in dreams sometimes. In 2010, my wife and I, uh, she actually had a dream that there was, she went downtown Davenport and there was a Ferris wheel. And there was a carousel. And there was like this party happening on the river where there are slides and like there's a bunch of people and people were hanging out downtown Davenport on the river. And so like we were up in northwest end of Davenport and just living our life, loving where we were at. But the Lord put that on her heart and gave it to her in a dream. And she told me about it. It was a vivid dream of this party happening downtown Davenport. Well, in 2014, we built a Ferris wheel in downtown. Does anybody remember that? And you drive by it and drive past it and on the centennial, it's like, whoa, it lights up and everything. And now it's underwater. And then, so <laughs> 2014, that happened. And then about 2017, a carousel came in at the uh, Modern Woodman Park there. And so like these things were, you know, as the Lord saying like, hey, I I'm bringing you to this point, and I'm, I'm showing you this is where I'm leading you. This is where I'm guiding you. And then in 2023, I read this article. Just this week, I read this article, the planned downtown improvements at Main Street, so like straight down this road, on the river, installation of a high-intensity, multi-generational experience zone that will include signature tower structures, slides, Climbing assets and interactive water features and a space for winter activities. We need something for the winter on downtown, right? But does that give you goosebumps a little bit? 
You know, in 2010, hey, Amy, there's slides, there's a Ferris wheel, there's a carousel. And so what he does is like he puts your focus sometimes in a dream will give you a picture of where he's leading and guiding you. And so when we left uptown Davenport to come downtown to start a church, you know, we, we based a lot of that on, well, God's obviously highlighting some of this to us. My point is, is the Lord will speak to you in dreams. Sometimes you're thinking, you know, that was just really bad pizza. It might have been God. He's saving you from a situation, inviting you into something he's doing. Don't just write off the dream as, oh, thank God it was a dream. This dream radically changes Solomon's life. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Now, remember God said, whatever you want, whatever you need. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Have you been there before? God gives you these opportunities. He puts you as a, a mom or a dad or puts you in a school and you feel like you're following the Lord. And the Lord says, you know, whatever you need. Solomon says, I don't know how to do what you've called me to. Verse 8 says, Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? In other words, I don't want to do this alone. You know, this is what you called me to. This is what I guess I'm created to, to rule this nation. And, but I don't want to do this alone because I don't know how to do it. I need a discerning heart, God. I need your wisdom on this. Verse 10 says, the Lord was pleased. Will you say that with me? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life of wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for death to your enemies, but discernment and administrating justice, I will do what you have asked. So since you thought of others instead of yourself first, Solomon, I'm going to bless you. You know, since you're thinking of like, how can I do what you've called me to do and love people and lead people well, I'm going to answer that prayer. The Lord was pleased. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. And moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor. So since you asked for wisdom, I'm going to just give you the whole thing so that your lifetime will have no equals among the kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David, your father, did, I will give you a long life. 
And then Solomon awoke. Thank God it was just a dream. Is that a dream you would hold on to today? Is that a dream you're like, man, I'm writing this thing down. I'm putting it in my phone. And he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then gave a feast to all of his courts. So where was Solomon worshiping the Lord at the very beginning of the story? In the high places with the pagan gods. He awakes from this dream with instant wisdom to put two and two together. I'm going to be like my father, David, and actually follow through on the wisdom that I just received. And he goes and worships the Lord in the temple, in the temple courts in Jerusalem. Before the temple was built, it was a It was a tent that the Ark of the Covenant was in. So he's worshiping God where you're supposed to worship God and no longer worshiping them in the pagan places that you worship other gods. Instant wisdom with instant action. See that? Like there's instant wisdom. He puts two and two together. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm going to actually worship the Lord where I'm supposed to. And he applies it to life. The next part of the story that I'd love to just hit home on when we close is as soon as Solomon receives wisdom, he actually has an opportunity to implement it right away. So he goes and worships the Lord, and then he actually has a couple of women come to him that are claiming to both be one kid's mom. They're both claiming to be the mom of the kid. And so Solomon received the wisdom from the Lord to actually give them the wisest answer. It goes down as like, this amazing way to find out who's the real mom in the situation. See, when we receive wisdom, we can apply it. We can receive wisdom from the Lord, direction from Him, and then actually activate it and apply it to our life. So I'm not saying that we're all Solomons in this room, because it sounds to me like there is only one Solomon. Pretty cool. But what can we take away from this passage today? Solomon asked for wisdom to accomplish what God had already called him to. You know, that's something that we can all take away. God, you have this right in front of me. I'm married. I need wisdom to love my wife better. Thinking of others above ourselves. Lord, you gave me this job. I'm leading this group of people. I'm the boss at my work. Would you give me wisdom to lead people well? God, I want to be a great parent. Can you give me wisdom on how to be a great parent? Lord, you put me in this school, and I'm dealing with these people, with these conflicts. Lord, would you give me wisdom on how to approach a conflict. That's one thing that we can apply from from this passage from Solomon. And I just want to end with a, a word that really felt strongly for the church, our church, and also the church as a whole. Is this, is you're wiser than you think. You're wiser than you think. We are really wise people. We are so wise. 
We're wiser than we think. God's not waiting for you to turn your life around and make this dramatic change before he gives you wisdom. He's not waiting for you to never sin again before he actually gives you what you ask for. God uses broken people like you and me to bring the light of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. We are wiser than what we think. He's not waiting to give you wisdom. He's already given it to you. We're wiser than what we think. There's really good things that we've been taught over the years that are, that are things that we could actually apply to life. And they're great insight and we can just start operating in them because we have all the wisdom. We're wiser than what we think. We have some of the best communicators to ever walk the planet at our fingertips on YouTube and podcasts, like amazing depth of the Bible, Hebrew, Greek teaching. I mean, we, we know it all. It's applying it, isn't it? It's taking a step and like, man, I know God's good. I know he'll supply all my needs. Then I'm going to actually like operate in that. We're wiser than what we think. Wisdom is applying the knowledge we know. Wisdom is applying knowledge that we know. We just need to apply what we know. I got some books here that I've read over the years, uh, last couple years, three years, four years, some of them. This one, School of Kingdom Ministry. And if this sits on my shelf, like I got, these are all doubles for the most part of these books. But if this sits on my shelf, like how cool is that, you know, for my little podcast that I do? Like look at all those books that guy read. Have you seen that? Who cares? Who cares if you're not applying any of it? You know, and I've already read this. What is it going to do good on my shelf? I'm not reading it again. Let's be honest. Like, there's so many great books out there. This one is on, it's a student manual for School of Kingdom Ministry. If you want to know more about the kingdom of God, this is the book. This is it. It'll radically transform your mindset to kingdom mindset as opposed to worldview mindset. Who wants that? Who wants to be wise in the kingdom of God? Raise your hand. All right. You're the first one with your hand up. So you get it. You're welcome. You didn't say thank you, but I said you're welcome first. <laughs> this one is Center Church. It's by Timothy Keller. This is a guy that moved from West Virginia to downtown New York to plant a church. And he talks about all the ins and outs of like, you're in downtown New York planting a church and you're from West Virginia. I mean, just think about that, right? And like the ways that they started their church and how it grew and God's just been using it. Who's, who's interested in that at all? Who wants this? Nobody's interested? All right, you. There you go. Be blessed. You're welcome. This one I think is going to be a hot commodity, so get your hand up. This one is Toxic People Survival Guide. Bam! <laughs> Dropping this on you. This is amazing. You might learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but this is great. If you want to learn how to deal with toxic people in life, it's just sitting on my shelf. It's not doing anything there, is it? But you can learn this and apply it to life. Who wants this? Oh, man. She had her hand up. I'm sorry. She had her hand up first. There you go. Be blessed. 
learn all of it. Um, I got a couple more. Might as well. Let's see here. The Reset. This is by Jeremy Riddle, who writes a lot of worship songs that we sing at churches. And he talks about how worship music has kind of become this thing that we, you know, we're kind of an audience watching the worship team do their thing. Come on. Can I get an amen sometimes? You know, and it, we kind of become like the worship team's kind of doing an audition for us. And uh, sometimes we can kind of become like Simon Cowell's. Eh, I don't really like that song. Amen? Let's be honest. This is the reset. Like, why are you worshiping God? Let's go back to the heart of it. Let's get back there, man. Let's, let's worship the Lord unabandoned, like how we love Jesus from the very beginning. If you've been following Jesus for a while and you, your heart was dedicated to worship and then you just kind of lost that. This is the book for you. There is wisdom in here. So much wisdom on worship. Who wants us? You? All right. Okay. You're welcome. So here's the trick. <laughs> you thought it was free. Actually, I'm going to do one more. Um, this is one of my favorites. A long obedience in the same direction. If you want to learn what discipleship is, discipleship is not a one-time stop with God. And then like, okay, that's really cool. I do that on Sunday. Discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction. This is written by Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message version of the Bible. So it's just like, it's so good. Such great wisdom of what does it look like to actually be a disciple of Jesus. You know, disciple means that you're a learner means that you follow Jesus, but you also are learning along the way. Isn't that wisdom? Learning. Who wants this? Right there. Can I toss it? Boom. Okay, here's the trick. Read it and then implement it. You know? Read those books and then go, God, what does this mean for me? Like, how do I apply this to my life? As you read about Timothy Keller going from West Virginia, backwards of Virginia, to downtown New York, like, what is God calling me to? You know, what is the risk? Wow, West Virginia to downtown New York, this is the risk that God, you've called me to. Look at how much you put on the line. As you, as you read about a reset in worship, you know, we read things to implement them. We read things to, to know more so that we can implement more. More knowledge with less action is pointless. We know a lot. And I think of churches in China that are holding on to one page of the Bible and meeting in basements, and there's a fire of the Lord in their heart because they heard the good news of Jesus. And here we are, we have resources galore that we can learn so much about Christ. And wisdom is putting it into action. So my question today is this. What has God called you to? What has he put right in front of you? What is right in front of you? Maybe this is your first time coming to a church in a long time. Wisdom tells us that going to church consistently as a family actually builds the family up. Going to church by ourselves builds us up. It encourages us. 
There's study after study shown of it. And so my invite today is apply that wisdom. It's true. Come back next week and come back the week after. Maybe God's put you in a situation where you're like Solomon. You're like, I don't know what to do in this, God. I just want you to know that he's here right now. He will answer those prayers. So whatever the Lord has right in front of you that you know, God, you've invited me into this. What I'd love for us to do as we close is just to be like Solomon and just say, you know what, God, whatever, whatever you want to do, I don't know how to do this and I don't want to do this alone. I would love for us to just come before him and just, and just completely surrender our lives and say, God, I need you in this. I need you in this moment. Wisdom on dating. Wisdom at your school. Wisdom in your family, in your relationships, with your wife, your husband. Wisdom on what's the next financial decision. Wisdom on where to move. Wouldn't it be great if God just guided us along the way? Well, I'm excited about it. Are you? He's full of insight for us, and he can save us from so much heartache and pain if we just listen and we just tune in and say, God, I just need to know. So let's do that. Come, Holy Spirit. Just bring wisdom, Lord. Insight, Lord, into our lives. We're not alone in this. We we aren't on our own trying to figure all that. Oh, I'm going to get it all figured out and then come to God when I got all the answers. No, you, you come right in the moment of trying to figure it out, Lord. You are the figure it out. And so, Lord, would you just give us wisdom? Right now. Just invite you to do that right now. Just to, just to connect with the Lord. He's listening. He's here. Just to connect with the Lord and just ask him, Lord, would you give me wisdom for this? Whatever that is right now. Just have a strong sense that there's some people that you've put your whole entire life into a certain job or a career and the Lord's just been inviting you to actually step away from that. It doesn't seem like a wise choice, but it's totally the Lord just saying, you know what, that's, that's what I'm inviting you into. And so just wisdom on how to do that, insight on where he's calling you, faith to take a leap and do it. Come, Lord. Come, God. I feel like the Lord is raising vibrant, thriving people in this church that when people see the lives and the choices that you make, they will be drawn to Jesus. That maybe that hasn't been the, the case in the past, but it's coming now. It's happening now. That vibrant, thriving relationships with the Lord that's so full of insight and wisdom beyond your years, no matter what your age is, that people are actually drawn to Christ. 
because of our lies and just seeing the decisions we make consistently, a long obedience in the same direction that draws people to the Lord. And I just think of the story of the queen of Sheba who comes to Solomon and comes to the, to the city and sees all the things that the wisdom of God through Solomon has actually created. And she actually starts praising God, saying, there's got to be a God. Tell me about the one that you call God. There's got to be a God because I see it happening. And so the Lord just wants to do that in our lives, that we would be a light that would shine the wisdom of Christ in situations. Just pray for that right now. Just, um, just bless that over every single one of us in this room. Wisdom beyond our years. Wisdom beyond anything that we could know. But God, that you lead us and we, we live that out in our day-to-day lives. Applied wisdom. invite you just go ahead and ask him for whatever you need this isn't a sideline um, can't participate until I get these things in order and figured out uh, this is something for every single one of us that we can get the wisdom of God in our lives he wants to give it to us whatever you need Decisions on relationships. Wisdom. God's wisdom. Amen. Amen.